0: Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, January 18th, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr. Joining me is Tim Ma Fucking Geddes.
1: Let's him host bless. It's good to be here with you on this beautiful Monday. I haven't talked about video games for a whole 48 hours. Let's get to it.
0: Let's get to it. Tim, how was your weekend?
1: It was fantastic, man. Yeah, you it, much? Was, it was uh, a lot of sleeping, playing some video games. You know, can't complain. Mm-hmm. Can't yeah. complain. Watch some fun television shows things are good
0: exciting stuff i pretty much did the same thing like this whole this whole weekend has been a gaming weekend most of which i can't talk about yet but like it's 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 been a good weekend is all i'll say it's been a, it's yeah. been a very fun weekend i'm excited to talk about some of the things that we've been playing mm-hmm. but we'll do that later tim for now i want to talk about some news let's talk about jason schreier's report on cyberpunk 2077 uh, a new playstation studio and more because this is kind of funny games daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you and correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily. To be a part of the show, head to patreon.com slash games with bronze members or above. Get to write in. And silver members or above. Get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post-show. Housekeeping for you, in case you missed it. The Blessing Show, episode one, is available right now uh, over on youtube.com slash games. I give out my non-game of the year awards. Uh, Check out that episode if you want to know what that's about. Uh, The next episode of The Blessing Show is coming this Thursday. I don't want to spoil what it's about it's a killer episode that's all i'm killer, gonna say oh it's, yeah it's I a like killer that. episode oh shit killer instinct? <laughs> oh kevin figured it out it's killer instinct it's not uh stay tuned for that though it's gonna be a very good one and then after that uh the blessing show will be out every other thursday that's something i want to make clear because i don't know if we if we made it uh, too clear so far the first episode up last week next episode this thursday after this thursday will be every other week this uh for the first month we wanted to do that back to back so you yeah, guys can hard. get that quick first like two doses
1: you know, exactly. Everyone's waiting for it. It's like we got to go hard, two at once, and then after that, you got to wait.
0: Tim, that Wandavision is such a good show. I like. Wa- a, I watched it multiple times during the week. So did I. And yeah, it was just
1: fantastic. I what do you think's going there. on? So much, so much good yeah. stuff, and I just, I love this. I love that since Mandalorian season two, specifically, I love that we, and it, you know, even before that, it was the Boys season two. Every week, having something to look forward to, like a a reason to care about specific days in a time where time makes no sense, it's just so nice. You know, like I'm already looking forward to Thursday this week. Yeah. That's cool.
0: Oh, yeah. No, it's super cool too because it's one of those shows that you get to talk to people about and be like, all right, so what do you think is going on? All right, no, this is what I think is going on. And the fact that like we're back, we're back to getting shows every single week that we can look forward to and theorize Mm -hmm. about that way. Very cool. Very awesome stuff. Everybody, go watch WandaVision. Tweet at me with with your theories. No spoilers, though, please. Uh, Thank you to our Patreon producer, Blackjack. Today, we're brought to you by Purple Mattress, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be. The Rover Report.
1: It's time for some news. We
0: have four stories today. Uh... Baker's dozen. Tim, what it surprise you? that there is more to talk about with CD Projekt Red and Cyberpunk 2077.
1: No. You're kidding me. What?
0: Yeah, no, the tr- The train keeps on going. Uh, last Friday, Jason Schreier did what Jason Schreier does, and he, he put out a whole report talking about what went wrong with CD Projekt Red. Uh, he interviewed about 20 people. I'm going to pull from Matt Kim at IGN, who has a write-up, about Jason Schreier's write-up, because, of course, when Jason Schreier does his thing, he writes a whole book. He writes a novel. He really gets into the nitty-gritty. Matt Kim has a good summation of what uh, uh, Jason Schreier had over at Bloomberg, and so this is Matt Kim at IGN. Cyberpunk 2077 was 2020's hottest game. It was shaping up to be a good enough launch when reviews for the PC version began trickling out a few days before its December 12th release date. But Once players got their hands on Cyberpunk 2077, especially the PS4 and Xbox One versions, excitement turned into frustration as players encountered bugs, glitches, and more. In a report from Bloomberg's Jason Schreier, developers at CD Projekt Red knew the game was not ready for launch in 2020. According to one developer, quote, they expected the game to be ready in 2022, based on the progress the team was making back in 2019. Beyond just bugs and glitches, Cyberpunk's Cyberpunk's overall performance and playability on consoles, like the base PS4 and Xbox One, have been reviled. IGN gave the console versions of Cyberpunk 2077 specifically a 4 in its review. One hurdle was that the developers tried to develop the engine and game simultaneously. A decision one developer on Cyberpunk says was like, quote, trying to drive a train while the tracks are being laid in front of you at the same time, according to Bloomberg. Cyberpunk 2077's console versions, not the PC version, have been hammered by players for for glitches and bugs. Some bugs, which are game-breaking, and end up crashing the entire game or sometimes the system is being played on. And I want to put a pause there because I also want to acknowledge the PC version does have its fair share of bugs also. Um, But the console versions definitely have way more issues than the PC version. Back to the article. Developers seemingly pushed through challenges by believing they could overcome these obstacles themselves, similar to the infamous Bioware magic. but. Cyberpunk 2077 was also developed through periods of intense crunch. In a follow-up tweet, Schreier claims that despite promises from management that crunch would not be required, some managers guilted employees into working more hours by saying other employees will work longer to pick up the slack. Salaries were also reportedly low, with one junior programmer making around $700 a month. As for why early previews of Cyberpunk 2077 demoed to the public at events like E3 2019 looked better than the final product, that's because the demo was entirely fake, according to the report. Neither code nor the gameplay was finalized when the demo was made, and months spent working on a fake demo took away from developing the full game. Uh, Shriver's Report also refer- references things like cultural challenges caused by language barriers. Uh, there's this whole double dip release strategy that the studio wanted to go for, where uh, the game obviously was meant to come out in spring. Uh, the reason why, but one reason why they wanted it to come out in spring was so that they could release on current, I guess now, last gen consoles and then release again on next gen consoles and have that double dip by having both those console versions uh, out. Obviously, game got delayed, and so that didn't happen happen the exact way they wanted it to. Even though we still have next gen versions uh, coming scheduled later this year, uh, and then another thing that the Shire report references is the fact that the game was announced in 2012, but apparently full development didn't start until late 2016. Tim, where do you stand with all this?
1: I mean, look, there's so at this point, like, where do I stand with like one of the most complicated? Just like, there's so many different facets that go into this right like at the end of the day i stand against cd project red and, and how this all went down like we how many times do we need to say like this game should not have been released the way that it was just period how many times do we need to say that like crunch is bad and we need to fix all this stuff all this says to me is we being now in 2021 firmly in 2021 developers, publishers, media outlets, everybody, they need to open their eyes and start paying a little bit more attention because if you make these mistakes constantly and you do not change, you do not fix despite the countless flags that have went up for the last decade, but specifically the last couple of years. Jason Trier is going to get you. Jason Trier is going to get in there and expose the living fuck out of you and the entire team and that it hits a point where there is no recovering from that. So it's like that fear alone should probably motivate you to make some changes on top of the, you know, human decency side of the whole thing, right? But this was inevitable. Of course, Schreier was going to get in there, and of course he was going to talk to people, and of course that's going to craft a narrative that is extremely not favorable to CD Projekt Red for good reason. They made a lot of very, very, very poor choices.
0: Yeah. Now reading through this report, like a lot of it is non-surprising just given the context of how everything has gone down, right? Like seeing the, the game delayed multiple times, like from the spring into September, from September into November, and then from November into December. I think that paints a clear picture of, okay, yeah, like we know this thing isn't ready yet, but we think we can get there. Okay, no, like it's not ready, but we can we think we can get there with the next delay. And that combined with the idea of, okay, yeah, no, we want to release twice so that we can double dip on consoles, uh, and then having to delay into basically the next console generation but still have the current gen versions only available, I think that speaks to the fact that like they underst- they understood that they weren't ready. Um, and it's it very much seems like a shit or get off the pot situation for them of like, all right, yeah, we got to put this thing out because if we don't, like, we're not going to make the money we want to on it. And we can't keep people waiting. And will this game ever be, be ready? I feel like those questions get asked. Overall, this feels like a tale of a studio thinking that because they put out a successful project, that means that they can't have a fail, and that is very evident. There's like a specific quote from uh, Jason's article where he talks about how like people were challenging the, the time frame of Cyberpunk and whether or not they could get out on time, and somebody basically answered back, we'll figure it out along the way, because he made The Witcher 3, and that is not an acceptable answer right like that shouldn't be cause for complacency because you put out an incredible project five years ago uh i think that i'd forget if i if i mentioned this in the actual article but like there was also the reference of uh how quickly the team grew after the witcher 3 like basically the the team doubled in size between the witcher 3 and cd project red and they didn't necessarily account for that and so when you have a team that grows like that and you don't your com- your your company culture and your uh pipelines and your processes don't grow alongside that to allow for that uh uh for for that ease of growth then yeah you're going to have issues like you can't you can't you can't operate like a big company but also still behave like the small indie company and that seems like a lot of what they're what they're doing which is unfortunate because that's how you result in Cyberpunk 2077
1: yeah absolutely you know the the I think most shocking thing to come from this are the implications that the E3 demo was fake. Like that to me is something that I I struggle to fully believe or fully get behind. It's not so much believe as much as it is get behind uh, mm-hmm. that that statement because it's like all demos are fake demos to some extent, and I feel like that's just, this to me is a perfect example of when it rains it pours, and it's like when you make dire mistakes you're going to get called out and then you get exposed for every single thing uh to levels that i that you wouldn't necessarily be criticized if yeah. you did everything else right you know uh but anyways like yeah the, the e3 demo is the thing i definitely want to know more about of what well, they're Tim, implying it's fake or not
0: we do have more context on that because adam Cons or not consistently adam or oh, no it is oh adam badowski, badowski. Yeah, from CD Project Red uh, actually responded on Twitter. Quote tweeted Jason with a whole response. I'm going to pull from Adam Bankers because Adam Bankers did a good write up on it uh, from IGN. The response goes like this. Adam ba- Adam Badowski, the studio head of CD Project Red has responded to a recent report regarding Cyberpunk 2077's alleged fake E3 demo and development issues. Quote It's hard for a trade show game demo not to be a test of vision or vertical slice 2 years before the game ships. But that doesn't mean it's fake. Badowski wrote Compare the demo with the game. Look at the at the it's either it's either dumb, dumb or Doom Doom. I'm not sure how that's pronounced, but look at the dumb, dumb scene or the car chase or the many other things. What the people reading your article may not know is that games are not made in a linear fashion and start looking like the final product only a few months after launch or a few months before launch. If you look at that demo now, it's different, yes, but that's what the work in progress watermark is for. Our final game looks and plays way better than the, than what the demo ever was. As for missing features, that's part of the creation process. Uh, features, features come and go as we see if they work or not. Also, car ambushes exist in the final game almost verbatim to what we showed in the, in the demo. And if we get a bit more granular about our release, the vision we presented in this demo evolved into something that got multiple 9 out of 10s and 10 out of 10s on PC from many renowned gaming outlets in the world. As for the the old gen consoles, yes, that is another case, but we've owned up to that and are working super hard to eliminate bugs, and we are proud of Cyberpunk 2077 as a game in artistic vision. This this all is not what I'd call disastrous, end quote. Budowski then responded to the claim that Cyberpunk 2077 developers knew the game would not be ready for release in 2020. Quote, you've talked with 20 people. Some being ex-employees, only one of whom is not anonymous, Podowski said. I wouldn't call that most of the over 500 people uh, 500 staff openly said what you claim, end quote. Lastly, Podowski addressed the claim that Polish-speaking employees would speak Polish in front of non-Polish staffers, which violated company rules and made them feel ostracized. Quote, everyone here speaks English during meetings. Every company-wide email and announcement is in English. All that is mandatory, Podowski explained. Quote. Rule of thumb is to switch to English when there's a person not speaking a given language in a casual conversation. It is, however, pretty normal for Germans speaking German, Poles speaking Polish, Spaniards speaking Spanish, etc., when there's no one else around. We're We're working in a multicultural environment. If the question is if it's hard to move to another country, sometimes culture, and work and live there, then the answer is yes. But that's universal to every company all over the world, and we're doing what we can to ease that transition. Tim, how does that response sit with you?
1: Dude, I mean, it's horrible. Like, we're just at this point where it's like, no matter what anybody says, it's going to get picked apart, and the the opposing side is just going to look at it and only respond to the things they want to respond to and not respond to the other stuff. So much is being thrown out here, and so much is being exposed, that it's like, there's no... No matter what way you cut this language conversation, it's icky. Yeah, Like, whoever's getting called out about what side of it, it's like, this is just it's dirty it's like i just don't like where we're at with all of this and obviously there's some clear problems that need to be addressed and fixed and changed i think at some point this just like there's a airing of grievances that's like how where are we going to stop this and the answer is it's not going to stop these things are going to keep happening and the more that they that cd project red replies leaving themselves open for even more criticism it's like oh man you know, like yeah. him calling out the 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 people that they actually talked to, the 20 people, you know, the, the only ones not anonymous and all that stuff. It's like, look, those are all facts in the same way that Jason talking to these people. Those are facts. It's on people to take what they want from those facts. But guess what? When you have to like defend yourself with that shit, it doesn't make you look good.
0: Yeah, no, I, I this statement is a, a bit weird to me also because it is very much. Picking and choosing what it wants wants to respond respond to. And like I get it, right? Like if 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 I'm the person, right, that like is, is getting ricked over the coals and like people have all these things to say. And I'm looking, I'm I'm looking at this huge conversation going on, and all of it is basically looking bad in my favor. But people are throwing in certain trinkets or certain tidbits that are like, wait, no, I can defend that. Or no, wait, no, I can comment on that. Like that didn't happen in that way. That's still like I understand the the urge to want to respond but that still looks bad when cool you're pick, you're picking and choosing like the fact that no wait I can defend the E3 demo because demos genuinely usually aren't final builds of the game like that's what demos are cool you can defend that but in the same article they're talking about all this different shit like they're talking about crunch they're talking about uh how the the game just straight up wasn't ready right they're talking about how you guys started development in 2016 and people from the staff knew that the game was, wouldn't be ready until 2021 maybe 2022 and you're ch- picking and choosing things that aren't that to comment on that then makes it feel like you have nothing to say about the other stuff which is a very bad look for this company that just put out the biggest game of the year and it doesn't like it, it doesn't live up right like and, and it, it's plagued with all these different issues uh and so over, overall i think it's, i think it's an unfortunate response um i I I understand where some of it is coming from, especially the E3 demo stuff. Like the E3 demo, I think is a very complicated situation specifically because I feel like most E3 demos that are behind behind closed door demos where press don't get to play, it is just a sit down and watch sort of thing, demonstration. I feel like most of those are not genuine. Like most of those have a hint of being fake or staged in some way that-
1: Look, we're- We are trained people that should know that, though. Yeah. Like, that's the work in progress, all the stuff. Like, the conversation around these things. It's like, there's context necessary for us to understand what these things are. You know? it's We're very far from the old days of, like, just straight up lies of videos. You're like, that's not ever going to fucking happen. It's like, nowadays, it's like, there are things like that every once in a while. But it's like, they're just as often, when we saw the first trailer for Halo 5, and it was like master chief and a poncho and that wasn't in the final game at all and it's like that's a conversation of like advertising and you know misrepresenting yeah. what people are going to get like how do you mark like
0: what's the correct way to market video games when like video games as much as they are a storytelling medium and an artistic medium right like video games are also technology and technology evolves and changes over time and so like to what uh uh adam is mentioning in his write-up here right like like oftentimes video games don't come together until those final moments. And then you have something that is fun to play and you have, you have the actual vision for this is what the loop of this video game is. A lot, a lot of the time, like when it comes to how to market that years beforehand, like that does come down to CGI trailers or uh, tone pieces, or in the case of, of cyberpunk 2077, like a straight up fake demo that is trying to convey what the final vision of the game is but doesn't necessarily I mean, able that's it is, that.
1: I, I, it's not a straight up fake demo it just wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't a straight up fake demo it was a demo of, and some things weren't in the final game i played mm-hmm. through that section of the game that i've watched them do a demo of it was very similar mm-hmm. it's not fake <laughs> like, and that's the problem with all this is like it's just everything gets lumped into this one conversation, and it's just all pure negative stuff that like I don't think that they would have ever been called out for, and I don't think they needed to get called out for for certain things. The, there's conversations to be had about what a demo should be, but then there's also conversations of like, well, should E3 even be a thing? That's a whole separate yeah. issue with all of this, where it's like so many resources and developers' time need to go to making this vertical slice as part of the marketing but that's just kind of the whole circle of life That's how yeah that's thing. how that works yeah so it's like there would have to be a shift of, uh, industry-wide to get away from all that stuff and I don't see that ever happening
0: ladies and gentlemen I'm Imran like, Khan has entered the chat
2: demo talk for a second because I was also there that E3 where they showed that demo
0: uh uh-huh. yeah
2: and what's up with it so I don't, Tim is right, it was not a fake demo, like literally at one point it crashed, which yeah. I guess is more real than anything else I think it probably could have shown, but yeah, that was not a fake demo, but I do think journalists need to make it clear when they're watching that sort of thing, hey, we didn't play any of this, we also don't know, like, whether this demo will be representative of the final game, and I think that's the important takeaway of, like, fake demo, real demo, whatever, at the end of the day, there was stuff in there that didn't make it, and people, the consumer needs to be better informed of the fact that this is not a vertical slice of the game. This is made for E3. This is, like, not uh, not a final piece of the
1: video game. But, I mean, don't... Is, everyone does that, though. Like, yeah, I was going to say, never, is that not conventional? No, and it sucks shit. That's the thing. It sucks. And like, no, no, no. This no, should no, be the thing, time that we take change it. The media people say their experience with the game. It's like, they say whether, like, oh, I didn't get to play it, but I got to see it. Like, I do feel like everybody does a good job i don't think i've ever seen an article from an ign GameSpot, even going like down to smaller guys there's never been a time we've been to e3 done a games cast and not given the context of if we had hands-on or behind closed doors just watching stuff or what like the context is there the work in progress stuff is inherently part of the experience being talked about
2: i think it's you're right it is inherently part of the experience but i don't think it's People are doing a good enough job of like making that clear. Like, I went back and read a bunch of those previews based on like reading Jason's story. I don't think, like, even at Game Informer, we did a very good job of saying, "Oh yeah, this is just like a a possible look of what the game is going to look like. It's not going to be the actual like thing." And even I had an interview with CD Projekt Red that year where they're like, "Oh yeah, this is definitely going to be on PS4 and Xbox One, no problem." Mm -hmm. Yeah, we should have pushed back on that, like. Because even from that demo that they showed us, no, it's not going to be obviously good on those consoles. I, I think they're just, the audience believes marketing to be a real thing. Like, very but representative that, how, of what the how, game is. How
0: much of that is on the, the developer versus, like, the audience and folks in media, though? Because I feel like, for me, as somebody who pays attention, for me, that's I feel like that's conventional knowledge in terms of i remember in 2019 in the e3s in which they demoed uh behind the closed doors of cd of uh, cyberpunk 2077 i remember listening to a podcast of people talking about oh yeah like they sat us down i didn't get to play it but i watched 40 minutes of them playing it and it looked incredible i feel like for me as a as a podcast listener or as a reader that is enough for me to go okay cool cd project red is showing these folks a thing Th- those folks are basically like the messenger of hey we saw this and this is how this is how it looked but it's it's kind of on me to be like cool we're gonna see how that looks when it actually comes out because in the way that video games are developed and the way that video games are marketed like a lot of that stuff is bullshit right like a lot of that stuff is not going to make it into the final game because one it's a work in progress or two like that is that that's based on a vision of what they want the game to be and not necessarily what the final game is
2: i think Publishers know what marketing works and what doesn't. And if they didn't know, then they would have wouldn't have tried to hide that old version of the consoles. Like it is, I I don't think is this is entirely to blame. Or this is not put entirely on scPR. They did not do anything different than most ah uh, most developers do at E3. I just think like for me re- looking at that story and being like, I think it's very important how we report these things in the future because I don't think a lot of the audience does get exactly how mm-hmm. much this is in terms of smoke and mirrors mm.
0: yeah like, i think for, for me the marketing of cyberpunk 2077 didn't get egregious until this year specifically like in the way they handled the review process you know like i, I think the like from how marketing of video games is typically done i feel like cd project red pretty much followed the motions of hey yeah like here's the behind the closed doors Okay, here's the gameplay demo for people to watch. All right, here's your here's your trailers. Here's the the uh, preview that we did in June twenty twenty one or twenty twenty that I that I went to. Right, that had to be done a certain way because of COVID and all that. Uh, and that felt like it was following the motions pretty typically. Well, but it the didn't fact just that,
1: one major thing, what's that? Which was the the E three hands on circuit of yes. colorful versions and everything of people actually being able to play it in a broader sense instead of just like the random people playing using their uh, the G GeForce Stream stuff
0: exactly, and that and that and that gets so difficult because the the situation we're in in the world, right? Like they don't necessarily, they 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 didn't necessarily have an opportunity to to make that happen. Granted, I don't even I think even without COVID, in a world where the where uh, Cyberpunk was still, it, it's a tough it's a tough conversation because without COVID, maybe Cyberpunk plays better because that didn't affect their development as much but in theory right like even without covid if cyberpunk is still the way it is today on console i don't think we would have played that anyway like i don't think anybody would have gotten their hands on console versions until they were actually out um and i think that is the most egregious thing about the marketing of cyberpunk 2077 like nobody got their hands on console versions until the game was actually out which means that people are playing versions that aren't reviewed aren't previewed and are broken which is straight up
1: mismarketing. the worst thing about that is it was a be- ultimate betrayal of trust there because there there was the assumption of like CG Project Red has this like the, give them the benefit of the doubt because the, these games are going to come out and they're going to work and then they came out and they didn't work and it's like well that then now you totally fucked the whole system up because you should have done this correctly because why why would we expect that they wouldn't do it right based on their prior track record yeah but then now it's like well your track record is now this so next time we're all going to know what yeah. to look for and what you know not to get excited about
2: i do think that there was also like they kind of straight up lied in that apology and that's that's a problem that they have not come out cuz they said console codes came out on the 8th which i don't know where they came i don't came know out anybody to. who got console yeah, codes yet but like no one i've ever talked to has said they got no console one. codes on no the one. Like
0: even even yeah. at launch i don't know anybody who got console codes maybe that happened straight but up. i don't yeah, I don't recall anybody talking about ever getting consequences for that game.
1: And like we know enough people, there are enough people within the circles, the circles around us that like we would have heard that. And yeah,
0: like we didn't no get one. any. Like I think most of us bought uh, mm-hmm. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Who played
1: it? Mm-hmm. You hate to see it. You hate to see it, man. I I can't wait till this shit's over, and I don't know it's gonna be over anytime soon, man. When do you think
0: this? Do you think it ends when the next big video game controversy starts? Like when do we stop talking about Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven?
1: I don't think we do. Like I think that it's gonna just continue. And (sighs) this slide now. I think that this back and forth kind of like responding to responses between Schreier and CD Projekt Red. I don't think this is over.
2: Yeah, he should stop doing that. The the head of CD Projekt Red should not. Let Jason try live in his head rent free. Like this is that work on getting better. Like if I were working PR for that company, it would be no. Uh, you don't get to talk. Like, B,
0: you don't get to talk anymore. Yeah. We're yeah. going to do all well the talking for you, and we're barely gonna <laughs> like, yeah. we're like, going to talk. With, like we're only going to talk when we need to say shit.
2: Yeah make make a point of this is how we're doing better not just like no no you were wrong with the language thing which to be clear the language thing was super dumb on on like the stories part that should not have been included
1: but like the totally like that's the problem with all of this it's like (laughs) it's just it's at some point it just becomes noise and it just like it is inviting people to respond to the wrong things and then you're able to be like well you didn't respond to this you responded to that it's like oh why are we talking about all this in the same conversation <laughs> like yeah we need to focus on each thing being bad and talk about it that way or else we're just gonna be stuck with this and here we are at games daily for day 27 of talking about cd project red's mistakes it'll yeah. be keep
2: getting like once that next gen version comes out it'll be like all right let's put this in the paces let's say this is any better like it'll yeah. be through october hmm yeah, As, right, totally. have
1: a good show. <laughs> <Okay. Yeah>. Thank <laughs> Love you. Imran. you Imran. <laughs> uh to
0: put it to put a stamp on this conversation, uh, this morning Jason schreier put out another article um on oh on kotak No, this is this is an old article. Never mind. He did not put out another article. This is an old article that Jason schreier tweeted uh about Rockstar and about how they made big cultural changes 18 months after Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh this article is from it looks like April fifteenth, twenty twenty. You can go read it if you want, but basically, it's talking about how because because of uh, how crunch was exposed and all these different things uh, over at Rockstar, they were they were kind of forced into making their own big cultural changes. And now culture is looking a lot better over there. Um, I'm gonna make that required reading. It's like a, it's like required old reading, but required reading nonetheless yeah, because yeah, I think yeah. it gives it gives us like a look inside. This is why some of these stories are necessary, right? To like expose some of this shit. I'm 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 with the idea of. There is like a lot of noise around CD Project Red right now because there's so much shit being picked apart and being looked into. And I feel like it's creating this big old noise bubble around actual issues that are over there. But in terms of the issue of crunch, in terms of the issue, issues of marketing, in terms of all that stuff, like a lot of this is necessary. And so hopefully this gets us to where we, where we need to be in terms of Cyberpunk as a game and then also in terms of the industry and how we operate now. Unfinished Absolutely, games man.
1: shouldn't be released motherfuckers need to take note like you can't look at the last two years and keep acting the way you were the, the changes needed to happen yesterday and if they if these no matter how big or small a team you are if you're not looking at all this stuff and adjusting and fixing the problems that exist you're fucked
0: 100 good reason tim let's talk about some good news story number Please. two what's up with sony's mysterious new studio this is from ali cool. jones at GamesRadar, Sony's mysterious San Diego studio appears to be working on some of the company's existing franchises. As spotted on Reddit, the LinkedIn profile of one Sony veteran offers some more clues as to the existence of the team and what, what games it's focused on. The new information comes via uh, the LinkedIn profile of Michael Mombar, who left Sony Worldwide Studios in November 2020 after more than 13 years with the company, where he worked as a studio head and senior director of visual arts. Toward the bottom of his bio, one paragraph reads that Mombar's, quote, latest achievement is having built a brand new all-star AAA action adventure development team for PlayStation, end quote which was assembled to expand upon existing franchises and craft all new stories for the next generation of gamers. The kicker is that the team is based in San Diego, where rumors of a second Sony studio distinct from Sony San Diego. I know this is confusing. Sony San Diego works on MLB the show in those games. This is a different San Diego studio. Uh, Rumors of that studio have been circulating since 2018. Sony has never officially announced a new San Diego studio, but Rumors of, his, of its existence have been doing the rounds for a few years now, with some suggesting that it that uh, it'll be taking over the development of the Uncharted series from the last Us part two developer, Naughty Dog. I like how that story says the Uncharted Series from the last Us part two developer instead of saying the Uncharted Series from the Uncharted developer, but we get the point. Uh, <laughs> exciting stuff, Tim.
1: Oh, a new extremely studio. exciting. All of this to me is exciting news. A new PlayStation studio focused on AAA action adventure games. Let's go. Ex- existing franchises i love that i would always want some more uncharted you got to assume this is uncharted let's take a second and get out of the obvious do a little exercise bless kill could zone. It be something else kills no it's not kills zone um <laughs> i mean i don't know what I, I don't know what else it could be
0: especially with that specific uh description of a triple a action adventure franchise right like existing franchise For PlayStation, Mm -hmm. out of the ones that PlayStation PlayStation has that they would want to do, I think it would be Uncharted, especially because I don't think Naughty Dog would want to continue doing Uncharted. I feel like Uncharted for Naughty Dog is a done deal, and I would want Naughty Dog to work on something new and fresh. And so, with that being the case, I'd say, yeah, give Uncharted to Sony San Diego because I think I think there's still life in Uncharted. Uncharted is one of those series that I that they can keep churning those things out, Mm -hmm. and I think we'd all be fine with it because it's not like The Last of Us where the Last of Us story is so grounded and I feel like important to people meaningful. in a way that yeah, meaningful to people in a way that cool. If you're going to do another Last of Us, that story has to feel meaningful and it has to be impeccable and it has to be worth telling. Uncharted is one of those series where I feel like you could just do do you give me a give me a solely prequel and I'll I'll I'll, I'll watch it. I'll play it. You know, yeah. give me another Chloe and Nadine story. I'll play that shit. Give me as many Uncharted as you want. I'll play mm-hmm. that shit. That shit sounds fun.
1: Amen. Preach, brother. I, I love it. I love Uncharted. Love Lost Legacy. I want more. And I am okay with it not being Naughty Dog. And this sounds great to me. Definitely always love seeing new teams pop up. Especially seeing a team like this, like another hopefully core PlayStation Studios uh, studio. Like, that's mm-hmm. awesome. I love everything I'm hearing about this.
0: The Biologist writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like you can and says, hi, Blessing Tim. Happy Monday. So today we got an all but confirmation that Sony has also been building a new studio for their lineup. However, this one seems to be taking projects from other studios to keep them going. How successful do you think the strategy will be? Xbox has done this in the past, and it has more or less led to an overuse of their properties. While Uncharted 5 would be interesting, wouldn't this new studio be better suited to just bring in, new, bring, to just bring in new, uh, more fresh and new ideas? This feels very reminiscent of the Killzone debate from last week that both solves and creates problems that the industry suffers from. Nostalgia being a key factor and never letting ideas rest. Also, why Uncharted? While I get that the series is very big, it wrapped up well enough. And will not will not feel the same uh, as if Naughty Dog will make it. Thanks, the nanobiologist, Tim. How successful do you think the strategy will be?
1: I think it has the potential to be very successful. Obviously, the quality has to be there. Sony hasn't really made decisions recently that would lead me to believe that it won't be right. Like they, they kind Mm -hmm. of seem to have a good grasp on what they're doing. They have very talented teams over there. Uh, in terms of the new IP versus Uncharted, I, I think that there's room for both. And I think that we've actually done fairly good uh, about new IP in the last generation or so. Um, and there's just, the gaming space is big enough and has a, a vast, kind of like, there are more opportunities than ever for different games to be made on every level of the scale from indie all the way up to triple A. And with that, I think that there's a lot of fresh blood and new ideas, even for like previously established franchises. We saw it with God of War. We saw it with Zelda. What if this could be that for Uncharted? You know, them yeah. kind of like someone else breathing some new life into something that we're so familiar with. Maintaining the things that are special about it that we enjoy, but, you know, kind of like having a different a different perspective, a different you know vibe to to the game i think that could be really cool and it's not like we're getting uncharted games every year right like it's been a while since we've got one so like i'm i'm itching for one i'd be excited to to get that because we are getting days gone we are getting death Stranding, we are getting horizon we are getting uh you know so many new ip from yeah. playstation studios
0: that's that's my thing is I think this is a good move because it allows other PlayStation studios to continue to creating new and fresh ideas. Like this last generation has been such a great generation for PlayStation studios because you mentioned it. We got Ghost of Tsushima, we got mm-hmm. Horizon Zero Dawn, we got Death Stranding, we got Dreams. Like we got so many, we got, I know Spider-Man isn't a new IP quote unquote, but it is a new core mm-hmm. gaming franchise for PlayStation. And we've gotten so much of that this last generation and I want to see that continue. And so if that means that, uh, uh, Sony, the new Sony San Diego Studio is going to be able to work on an Uncharted, so that Naughty Dog can make something new. I think that's awesome. If anything, that kind of reminds me a little bit of Blue Point and how they operate. You know, Blue Point they put out in the last generation now. I guess in the last two generations, they put out Shadow of the Colossus remake, and they've also put out Demon Souls remake. And that's kind of it's it's a little bit apples and oranges because they aren't continuing continuing already existing franchises, but they are taking stuff that people have worked on and breathing in new life to, into it in a way that keeps that Sony catalog exciting and fresh, even though these are older games. If Sony San Diego number two can do the same thing and breathe new life into Uncharted or breathe new life into Infamous or take whatever the, whatever the franchise is and continue it so that other studios can continue to do their thing, I think that's awesome. I'm totally down for that. Um, yeah. And now that I mentioned Infamous, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind if it was that either, honestly.
1: that that could be interesting i do think it's uncharted but
0: uncharted would make the most sense i think i think you do uncharted because one it'll sell like people people love uncharted uncharted will sell as a sony first party franchise um but then also it's one of those ones where like i think you could get away with it not being naughty dog in a way that like i feel like with with there's some games right metal gear solid I guess that's a trend you can put in here too, right? Like, if I got another Metal Gear Solid and Hideo Kojima is not attached to it, I'd be like, uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. If we got another Last of Us and Naughty Dog is not attached to it, I'd be like, uh, okay, we'll see. Uncharted is one of those where we've gotten so much Uncharted with Naughty Dog, and it feels like they have, it feels like they have closure with it yeah. that if another studio took it over. I'd be down for it. I'd be down to give it a go. It could still be
1: something special. It could still be good. But I, I, I think you're right. It's like, it wasn't just the quantity of Uncharted games. It's the level of quality. But specifically to me, it was Uncharted 4. Yes. Kind of being this like, okay, here's us saying goodbye to this. And then we got the Lost Legacy, which is like, almost like an epilogue of gameplay. Right? For people mm-hmm. where it's like, you're have a couple more ideas. So we're going to give you this. And it had a nice bow where they're like, all right, cool we're now moving on I just I hope Naughty Dog are making a new IP now as their next yeah because that is exciting to me they've now proven to me multiple franchises in a row that they make very special games out of nothing so what could be next while whatever the studio is and I wonder when we're going to hear about the studio you got to imagine eventually oh, they're going to announce this game and that's going to be like the first time we see the logo or something
0: oh yeah no I think it has to be it has to be this year, right? Like, with, with the amount of rumors that have been circulating, I feel like you want to get ahead of this before basically, like, the whole, the whole thing leaks. And so I feel like if I was Sony, i okay, we got to announce this sooner than later. Uh, and this game, I'd imagine, is not, like, too far away. If this, if, this studio, if this studio has existed for a couple of years already, like, say this Come game on. is a 2022 or a 2023 game, you could, you could announce it this year and get away with it and get people hyped about that
1: i don't know i mean we'll see but like i'm really interested on gamescast i imagine next week it it might be a week after that we're gonna do our predictions for 2021 and i was thinking about this a couple nights ago like we're in a weird place right now where unlike last year where it's like oh man the ps5 and xbox uh series x and s need to be revealed soon and it was like will it be march will it be april will it be you know just kind of kept going on and then you know, Corona and E3 went away and all that, you know, blah, blah, blah. Where we're at right now, looking at 2021, it's like, what's the next time we got Resident Evil Showcase this week? Mm-hmm. But then what? <laughs> like,
0: Tim, we have what's no going on?
1: We're looking forward to.
0: What's going on with Nintendo Directs?
1: It's a good fucking question.
0: I feel like it's been such a long time since we've gotten fast. a proper Nintendo Direct. Yeah. Have we gotten one within, like, like aside from the partner showcases and the Smash mm-hmm. Brothers stuff? And, like, specific ones. Have we gotten a Nintendo Direct? Like a, like, a, we, like a basic ass, here's a bunch of different games. Like, have we gotten that within the last, like, year?
1: I want to say September 2019 was the last real proper Nintendo Direct. This pains me. Yeah.
0: I miss painful. them. I miss mm-hmm. them. Kind of slash you're wrong if, if, if you remember there being, like, a, a different proper Nintendo Direct. But, yeah, like, I want another one.
1: Cause like I, I, I do too. I want <laughs> to know what Nintendo's time, doing. I want to know what they're working on. What the hell are they doing? We'll see. Eventually, maybe I don't know. Like we actually went all of last year, and we had Animal Crossing, and then Paper Mario, and yeah, that was and it. 3D now All Stars. Like we got oh, and then 3D All Stars. Yeah, yeah. And then now we got uh, Mario 3D World, Bowser's Fury coming out soon. Then we got New Pokemon Snap. But then it's like yeah, it is and the I, 25th anniversary of Pokemon, so I think we're gonna get some more Pokemon stuff. Soon, yeah, I don't There's know. This gotta
0: be a Pokemon game this fall, you imagine.
1: Yeah. yeah, will it be Diamond and Pearl remakes? We'll
0: have to wait and see. Tim, speaking mm-hmm. of new game studios, story number three Ninja Gaidens Tomonobu Itagagi and establishes a new studio. This is from Marie Dale Alessandri at gamesentry.biz. Itagaki. Dead, it, wait, what was that? Itagaki. Itagaki. Yeah. Uh dead or alive in Ninja Gaiden director. Tomonobu Itagaki uh, announced the creation of his new studio, Itagaki Games. He made the announcement on his Facebook, Facebook page, sharing previously unpublished extracts of an interview he did with Bloomberg. He explained that he's been teaching game development for the past four years, but now wants to make games again and just established a company for that purpose. He didn't reveal much details about his new studio, apart from clarifying that it's completely separate from previous employers, Tecmo and Devil's Third developer Valhalla. Considering Itagaki's close links with Microsoft, his Ninja Gaiden games were Xbox exclusives. Bloomberg asked him how he'd react if he was approached to become a Microsoft Studio. He replied, quote, if they reach out to me, it will be an honor for me. And quote. Tim, could a new Microsoft Studio be in the works?
1: Hey, look, man. I think that'd be interesting. I think, ex- I, I mean, I've always kind of associated his games with Xbox anyways, just from the Dead or Alive perspective and... um.
0: was dead or alive an xbox exclusive game at
1: one point dead or alive 3 was a xbox exclusive okay at at, at least timed exclusive because i remember it was like it was a launch game if i remember correctly or at least i remember
0: i I remember vividly as a kid playing dead or alive at a friend's house who had an xbox and that was like my first interaction with it and i hadn't thought about it since then um like I haven't thought about it, like super often since then. Uh yeah. and so I never like even knew like was Dead or Alive tied to Xbox specifically.
1: Uh my my main character that I played in Dead or Alive 3 was uh the dude. Was it the old it dude? His, no, no, no. Because that was the Zach. one I
0: played. I like the old guy.
1: I like I like Zach. Zach was the black dude. And he my favorite thing about him is like way too many times he'd say, It's bitchin'. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. And I was like, that is the most ridiculous thing to say in a fight ever. <laughs> Real quick tangent. Bless, have you yeah. ever seen the Dead or Alive movie?
0: No, I didn't know there was a Dead or Alive movie.
1: Okay, there is a Dead or Alive movie. It was made by Yui Bull. So it's like the dude that makes all the really, really, really bad video game movies. Like yeah. It is like, it's bad. It's trash level bad. Uh, it has Suki from Too Fast, Too Furious as uh, Katsumi. And uh, it has a cast that looks identical to like they kind of nailed casting for everyone, which is really fun. But my favorite thing about the movie is they found a way to actually have health bars. Like they had an excuse to have health bars for the fights. So Mm -hmm. as they would hit each other, they they were like injected with like some biometric whatever. It was nanomachines. I want to watch this. It was nanomachine shit. Yeah. And like they'd fight with the health bars and stuff. And like I enjoyed the shit out of the movie. It is (laughs) utter trash but Tim, like they like did a good job of making it a video game
0: one day we're gonna run out of ideas for in review and i would like to pitch bad video game movies in review
1: what if i told you i've already looked into it and there are oh way gosh. more than you expect there are hundreds it feels like like there's a wikipedia list of so many movies and i'm just like i just want to watch mario Dude,
0: I would be super into that. We could, like, it, it, you could do, like, a Patreon vote. What are the 20 movies or, like, the 10 movies that we've got to watch for bad video game movies and review? I feel like yeah. there's a way to do it.
1: Oh, man. But, God,
0: that'd be a great one. The, the one thing I remember about Dead or Alive was that it was the first, it was my first encounter with a fighting game that had, like, the tag-in moves where you would, you like, you do two-on-two fights, like the tag-team fights, and in the middle of a combo, you would tag in your partner and then come out of nowhere, like, hop from the ceiling and, like, yeah, stomp. yeah, yeah on your opponent that shit was fucking tight that i know like really, dead, really I, cool. I know tekken tag tournament probably did it first but like dead or alive was my, was my first time with that type of shit in it and i was like i was sold i was like this is fucking phenomenal i was all about it
1: uh dj kento in the chat uh you're wrong to me it was not yui Bull that directed it it was uh cory ewan mm. so there you go
0: there you go before i get into our last news story of the day I want to tell you about our sponsor. Of course, you can go to Patreon.com slash Kinda Funny Games where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kinda Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Purple Mattress. <clears throat> Let me say that again because I had like a thing in my throat. Purple Mattress. Throw some bedding on a bunch of different mattresses. Sure, they all look alike. The same goes for pillows, but peel away the layers, look at what's inside, and you'll see they aren't all created equal. And that's what makes every purple pillow and mattress unlike anything you've ever slept on. The Purple Grid sets the Purple mattress apart from every other mattress. It's a patented uh, comfort technology that instantly adapts to your body's natural uh, shape and sleep style. With over 1,800 open air channels designed to neutralize body heat, Purple provides a uh, cooling effect other mattresses can't replicate and this cutting edge technology doesn't stop with the mattresses every purple pillow is engineered with the grid for a total total head and neck support and absolute airflow so you're always on the cool side of the pillow that sounds really cool
1: dude it's, it, it's like it somebody's flipping
0: your pillow for you
1: it is insane it is honestly some of the craziest witchcraft i've ever experienced when it comes to sleeping mm. like the, the purple wow. pillow is fantastic
0: wow Purple's proprietary technology has been innovating comfort for over 15 years. Kind of Funny's own Joey Noel has been using Purple Mattress, and she absolutely loves it. She says, quote, it was surprisingly easy to set up and super squishy and cozy, end quote. You can try uh, every Purple product risk-free with free shipping and returns, and Purple has has financing available as low as 0% APR for qualified customers. Experience the Purple grid and you'll sleep like never before. Go! to purple.com/games10 and use promo code games10 for a limited time you'll get 10% off any order of $200 or more. That's purple.com/games10 and use promo code games10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Or more. Terms apply. Tim. Yeah. That 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 young hitman mm-hmm. is coming through soon. Story number 4. Hitman is working on a solution to his PC problem. This is from John Fink uh john fingas at engadget uh to catch you up hitman 3 right coming out on all platforms very exciting uh there's a problem on pc where the game is epic exclusive the whole thing with Hitman, though, is that it has the world of assassination, meaning that if you have Hitman 1 and Hitman 2, you should be able to bring your levels into Hitman 3. The problem is that because it's Epic exclusive, uh, if you don't have Hitman 1 and Hitman 2 on Epic, then you're kind of screwed with that. And also, I don't believe Hitman 2 is even available on Epic Games Game Store, kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. And so are there are issues surrounding all of that, uh, they have a fix. Uh, this is John Fingus at Engadget. Interactive's plans to let Hitman 3 players use earlier games' locations might not have panned out as planned, but that doesn't mean you have to rebuy those first two titles. The developer has promised that PC gamers who own Hitman or Hitman 2 won't have to purchase those games another time just to access their, er- their earlier material in the new Assassin title. It outlined in a guide that it was continuing to work on a solution that would allow importing importing locations for free, but didn't say when it would be ready beyond sometime in the coming weeks. There's a a solution in the meantime. Uh, IO said it would make the Hitman 1 Game of the Year access pass to transfer content to the new game available for free to all PC customers who either pre-order Hitman 3 on the Epic Games Store or buy it within the first 10 days. Anyone who owns the original Hitman on Epic Games Store will get a free Game of the Year access pass when they buy the third game, too. You won't be quite so lucky with Hitman 2, but both the standard and gold access passes will be available uh, at 80% discounts for two weeks uh, after Hitman 3's launch. It's not a perfect solution. While console gamers will get import content for free, there's a chance you'll still pay some money on PC. Still, this might be relieving if you were worried about worried you might have to rebuy older games just to uh, just to enjoy the continuity io said you'd get very exciting stuff uh kevin i have a, i have a trailer that i want you to play from Ooh. hitman 3 they they uh they uh, uploaded their launch trailer today i watched through it it's a very good trailer it's like a really good tone setting piece tim i don't know if you've seen this thing i haven't and I'm, it's a I'm hot excited. this
1: is gonna be me my first time jumping into the hitman reboot yeah. franchise i played it once for a let's play we did but i'm excited for hitman 3. do you like what
0: what has you jumping in this time
1: um it, at this point it's just like there's been so much praise for you know the episodic ones um over the last couple years and and seeing this being promoted the way it has in like the sony shows in 2020 i'm like well fuck. it looks fantastic
0: uh kevin you can go ahead and play the trailer does that sound by the way it should but of course twitter fucking sucks so now it's broken yeah it's twitter it won't play you could find it on youtube if you wanted to yeah that'd be a lot a that might lot take bit. a second though yeah, but yeah it's... no tim i'm i'm excited for you to check to can check you out not him, hear it? man like uh, we can, can hear you it. It. can hear it now oh you can we can yeah okay. it's good all right so we got the trailer as the io logo for audio listeners there's a lot of red and it is pixelated to no end man <laughs> yeah Trust me when I say the actual video is very high-definition if you go on YouTube. (laughs) Well, you got a lot of cool-looking lights and colors. Has me very excited about what ray tracing has in store on PlayStation. Is this music going to get us in trouble? You know what? That's a good question. Yeah, maybe lower that thing. But yeah, it's basically like a really good tone-setting piece of like all these cool, beautiful shots
1: so i have a question for you bless what's up uh kevin if you could turn it down just a little more Motherfucker. um so this it comes with the content uh-huh. from hitman one and two right i'm gonna be playing on ps5
0: uh-huh
1: if but, you if you, it, it, so it comes with the
0: content world. you need the deluxe like the deluxe edition or the access pass i'm not sure all the details um But if you own Hitman 1 and Hitman 2, you should have that stuff automatically. If not, then I think you'll have to buy an access pass.
1: Do do you think I could just jump into Hitman 3? Yeah. Because that's what I'm planning on doing.
0: Yeah, no, I think that should be fine. Like, usually the games start off with the same tutorial that was in Hitman 1. And there's a story, but, like, from Hitman 1 and Hitman 2, I've not cared about the story, really. And apparently for Hitman, like, from from previewing Hitman 3, right, like, they... it seems like they're trying to lean into it a bit more but even okay. still i don't think you really need to go through hit want one hit me two i think you just jump in hit me three and have a fun time like the core cool. of the game is jumping into a level and taking out the target and that's pretty much every that's pretty much every level and as long yeah. as you know that then like you're golden cool. and so
2: yeah, it's a cool it's trailer thank you again
0: kevin my thing with the trip with, with with this trailer even though it's a great tone piece and great for setting, uh, uh, like the vibes and the expectation we can get out of Hitman Three, Hitman Three is not an action game. And like yeah. f- from this trailer and from like the VR trailer that they showed a bit ago, like those trailers make Hitman seem like a very action-y franchise, and it is not. Mm. Like most of my time spent in Hitman is spent like standing in one room waiting for my target to walk by so I can lure them in and murder them. Like, that is Fair. 99% of my time in Hitman, and it is a blast. <laughs> so, very much looking forward to that. Tim, mm-hmm. Hitman 3. I'm very excited for it, but the release is just so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom Grab Shops today, where would I look?
1: The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the kind of funny Games Daily show hosts, each and every weekday.
0: Yeah. Mm, Out today, we got Olympic Table Tennis for Switch, Spinny's Journey for Switch, and then Red Colony for Switch. Uh, New dates for you. Respawn today announced that Apex Legends will be celebrating its two-year anniversary in explosive style with the game's next major update, Season 8 Mayhem. Uh, Arriving February 2nd, Season 8 Mayhem will introduce the 16th Legend to the arena with Fuse, the laid-back explosives enthusiast. It'll add... The 33rd repeater, a lever action rifle, and Shake Up Kings Canyon in the iconic map's third major overhaul. I really hope they bring back Skulltown because I very much miss Skulltown. Uh, Rustler comes to Steam Early Access on February 18th. And then Nuts is coming to Apple Arcade this Friday uh, for Switch and Steam on February 4th. Not this Friday. No, Hold wait. On. No, I see. I see. I see. It's coming to Apple Arcade this Friday. It'll come to Switch and Steam on February
1: 4th. I want to watch a trailer for Nuts. Because Have you seen it already? No, I haven't, dude. It looks good. <laughs> I'm sending it to assets, right? It's now. a pop
0: agenda vo- uh, joint, and so it came oh, through my timeline. Really? Yeah,
1: that's really. It came funny.
0: through my timeline, and I was like, "This looks like a fun time."
1: But yeah, so here we go. Nuts. Really cool art style.
2: You made it. Uh, For audio
1: it listeners,
0: it's like a very minimalist. Like completely, uh, it has like, I guess, monotones or dual tones in like the color exactly. schemes. It's and so like, like, we just like call there's like orange and blue that fills the screen me. right now. I'm, sure I'm doing a bad job of describing this, right? but trust me when I say it looks good. Yeah, audio listeners, oh. come check it out. He's doing a terrible job. This yeah, just cool. watch it. I'm doing a terrible <laughs> job of describing this. Looks like he goes a
2: little further. Can you follow him all the way? Hey, it looks like a minimalistic Firewatch, it watch
0: almost. It does. That's exactly with what with squirrels. Thinking. It's weird, yeah. Right? This looks very much it's like so Firewatch, Actually, now that I'm watching that. this for Why? the second time, is it gonna get this scary? This looks nuts. What the? Is that what I think it is? TNT. Why would
2: a squirrel stash dynamite?
0: And okay, this is 100 fire watch.
2: With squirrels.
1: Or The Happening, But There Were Squirrels. Dude, what the hell? That actually looks really dope.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. What like, I'm very excited to try that to. Out.
1: It's
0: like, what the fuck are these squirrels doing? Let's, let's figure it out. Let's take some pictures. Very excited for it. Uh, Tim. Mm-hmm. We did a good job this episode of asking questions during the show. And so we don't have any, any questions for uh, viewer mail. And so I'm going to get straight into the squad up. Gary writes in. Is it Gary Whitta? Nobody knows. Uh, with Nobody a squad knows. up on PS4, uh, and says, Fall Guys, I need that squad, squad win trophy. Uh, I'm, I'm also up for some squadrons in VR, Ghost Legends, and Fortnite. I, I live in Bangkok, a 12-hour difference from Eastern Standard Time, but I game at all hours, so hit me up. If you want to play with Gary, Gary's on PS4 with the username Gblaster. That is G-B-L-A-S-T-R. Gblaster. G-Blaster. Hit up Gary. Have a good time in that Fall Guys. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Rewrite in and let what we got wrong as we got it wrong. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Big Babaluga writes in and says, CDPR head's name is pronounced Marchin Ivinsky. But I don't think I said that name today. And so I think
1: he's just giving us polling facts.
0: Yeah, just giving us polling facts. I appreciate it. Uh Bull Borden says "Miss news up, news slash update. Uh Miller Earth Shadow of Mortar servers were shut down last Tuesday. Um, this would have made three achievements slash trophies unattainable. Um, however, due to fi- due to feedback from the community, Monolith has patched these achievements so that they no longer require require the discontinued on, meaning your platinum is saved if you're trying to platinum. Shadow of Mordor, years past. That's actually the, like one of the few platinums I have. Shadow of Mordor, because that was such a fun platinum.
2: Uh... People are hey, just saying
1: life. I was right about the September fourth, twenty nineteen. Yeah, about the the
0: direct. direct yeah, and so we're good on that. Uh, and then one more from Nabal, just Nanobah just writes in and says, "Dead Life Alive three and four were Xbox exclusive." Uh, releasing on the Xbox in 360, respectively. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. This week's host for Kind of Funny Games Daily goes go like this. Tuesday is Greg and Gary Witta. Wednesday, it's me and Emron for Blumron Wednesdays. Thursday is Greg and Tim. And then Friday, it's me and the homie, Natalie Flores from FanBite. That will be our Kind of Funny Spotlight. So look forward to that. If you're watching this live on Twitch right now, after this is Andy, Nick, and Snowback Mike playing some of them video games. So look forward mm-hmm. to that. Of course, this Has been Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday live right here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until
2: next time, Game Daily.